Ben, thank you. It is so good to see you today. We were not here last week. We missed our church family, but uh, you didn't know we were gone, huh? Okay, well, that's, yep, it carries on, and we're so thankful for that, but it's so good to see you today. Yesterday, I finished, I finished taking all the Christmas lights down. I finished uh, taking the trees. We have three trees, okay, three Christmas trees, uh, and I won't go into that. No, uh, we don't have a huge house, but we still have three trees. But I got, and then all the stuff that Donna decorates with, and I got it all put in the boxes and all taken up, put in the uh, attic, in the crawl space, okay? And then the last job is vacuuming all the pine needles up, all the Christmas tree needles up. And here's the mystery that I just simply cannot fathom why I will still find them in July when I'm vacuuming again. If anybody knows the answer to that, please, please let me know. The holidays are over, and I hope they were happy for you. I hope they were fulfilling for you. But if we went around the room here today, and I said, was, well, did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, I had a good Christmas. Well, was there anything missing? I bet every one of you would have something to say about something missing, a person, a tradition, something. In Luke chapter 1, we find the story of a man named Zachariah, or Zacharias, it's uh, either one, all right? And his life, unfortunately, was characterized by those two words, something missing. Luke chapter 1. In the time of King Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God. Both of them observed all the Lord's commands. They, all of them, both of them kept his decrees, his laws, blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. Now, I'm, I'm certain that it was probably far more difficult for Elizabeth than Zechariah to be without child. But we're going to focus on Zechariah today for reasons that I think you'll see later. But because Elizabeth and Zechariah, they were unable to conceive. I want to point out a few things here. And the first one is this. Zechariah was blameless, but barren. It's a terribly emotional and relational draining experience for a couple today who desperately want a child not to be able to have one. But it was far worse in their day. Because in their day, if a couple was unable to conceive, it wasn't just sad, it was humiliating. People regarded that as a sign that God was punishing you if you could not have a child. And verse 6 tells us that they were both blameless. These were good people. These were people who obeyed God. They were 
blameless in that regard. But friend, they were also barren. There was something missing. And, and not just physically. Because that affects us emotionally and it affects us spiritually as well. And you see the reality is that Zachariah, he obeyed God, but he wasn't experiencing the full blessing of God in his life. And, and we turn to our study, we look at him today because, Christian, have you ever felt like there's something missing in your Christian life? I'm sure you have. If, if you haven't, <laughs> that's not good. If you haven't, you think you've arrived. If you haven't, you don't think you need God. If you haven't, you don't think you need to grow anymore. That there's no more, there are no more steps for you to take in your spiritual life. And there come these times in our life when we know that as a Christian, that our Christian life is not all it should be. And that's what Zechariah was feeling. Let's, let's continue reading. Verse 8. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, there were, he was a priest and there were divisions, there were groups of these priests who served in rotation. And he was serving as priest before God. And he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple and burn incense. This was a great privilege to be chosen to do that. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. They couldn't enter into the holy place, but he was there. They were outside praying. And see, again, that points out, Zechariah, he was blameless. He was, he was serving God. He was doing what he ought to do. He was blameless, but friend, he was also barren. There was an emptiness. He was also praying. But he wasn't seeing God's plan or God's power in his life. Ever prayed for something and it didn't happen? Of course. Ted Turner, you know the name. He's the founder of uh, CNN. He's also a vocal critic of Christianity. One day he was being given an award by the American Humanists Association. And he shared with the audience, these hundreds of media personnel, he shared with his audience that he had a strict Christian upbringing. He said, I was saved seven or eight times as a kid. He considered becoming a missionary. But he ditched Christianity, he said, when he prayed for God to heal his sister, and she died. Zachariah and Elizabeth were praying earnestly. They were praying earnestly for a child, and God didn't answer. Or so they thought. The reality is that God was answering their prayer in a much greater way than they could ever imagine or conceive. And at just the right time, God gave them a great son for a great message. We mission, excuse me. And we know the name of that child, John the Baptist. 
John the Baptist, the one who was sent to prepare the way for the Messiah. He prepared the way for Jesus in a way that no one else did. And you see, friend, God did not fail to answer Zechariah's prayer. He just delayed the answer because, he, because God had a much better answer in his plan. And friend, we need to be reminded as Christians that one of the reasons that we don't see God answering our prayer is that we're often praying for far less than what God really wants to give us. <laughs> I read a story about Arnold Palmer, the great golfer. He was once invited by the king of Saudi Arabia to come and, and play some exhibition matches in Saudi Arabia. And the king loved golf, and he was just so impressed with Arnold Palmer's skill that, that he wanted to give Arnold Palmer a gift. And, and uh, Palmer said, <laughs> King uh, said, that's, that's not necessary. Uh, you know, I'm just honored to be here in your country to have been invited by you. But the king said, but I have to tell you, I'd be deeply upset and offended if you would not allow me to give you a gift. So, not wanting to offend the king, Palmer said, okay, um, how about a golf club? That would be a beautiful memento of my visit here in your country. And the next day, the king's messenger arrived, delivering that gift, but it wasn't in a long box. It was in an envelope sealed by the king. He opened it up. It was the deed to a golf club, an 18-hole golf club <laughs> with thousands of acres and trees and an opulent clubhouse. Christian, God may not be answering your prayer because it's too small. It's not the thing that God really wants to give you. It's not the thing that would be absolutely the best thing that you could receive. God may not be answering your prayer because it's only temporal and it has no eternal value. Zechariah wanted a child so much. He was focused on a temporal blessing. Hey, having a son, having a child, having a grandchild, I mean, what a blessing that is. Whoa, I mean, that's wonderful. But friend, even a child or a grandchild doesn't compare with our eternal mission. Zechariah wanted a child so much he was focused on what was missing in his life rather than God's mission for his life. God hadn't give Elizabeth, given Elizabeth and Zechariah a son yet because they hadn't create, they hadn't accomplished the mission that God created them for. God created them to do something great, not just for them, but for the whole world forever and ever. And friend, the same is true for you. God created you for something great. God has a mission for your life that has eternal value. And Zachariah and Elizabeth, they were missing a son 
because God had a mission for them that would outlive them and have eternal value and significance. Well, let's see how that, uh, that mission unfolds to them. Verse 11, the angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah as he was standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw the angel, he was startled and gripped with fear, but the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God because they've wandered away from him. He will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and to turn the hearts of the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make people ready for the Lord. Zechariah answered the angel, how can, this, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. My wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now, you will be silent. You will not be able to speak until the day it happens. Because you did not believe my words, which will come true at the appointed time. You see, there was something missing in Zechariah's life. Zechariah was faithful, but faithless. You ever thought about that? You can be faithful to the Lord, but faithless. We can be faithful in doing the things that we know that God tells us to do. But faithless in not stepping out in faith to let God do all he wants to do in us. And for us. And through us to our world. You see, we can be, we can be blameless. But barren. Something missing. But Zechariah went from being barren to being blessed. And friend, you can too. That's God's plan. That's God's will. Let's read verse 57. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. And on the eighth day after the birth, they came to circumcise the child, and, and they were going to name him after his father, because that's what you did. You always gave the family name. But his mother spoke up and said, No, we're not going to call him Zach Jr. He's going to be called John, because that's what the angel said. They said to her, There's no one in your, among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father, Zechariah. He's sitting there, he can't talk. 
to find out what he would like to name the child. And he asked for a writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. And immediately his mouth was open. Immediately his tongue was set free. Immediately he began to speak, praising God. And all the neighbors were filled with awe. And throughout the whole country of Judea, of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand is certainly with him. In verse 67, his father... Zachariah was filled with the Holy Spirit. Friend, what was the something missing in Zechariah? Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Fellow Christians, I just, I think we need to be honest. I think we need to say, I think we need to talk about the fact that the something missing in so many of us is being filled with the Holy Spirit. The something missing in so many of us is being filled with the Holy Spirit. All Christians have the Holy Spirit. But not all are filled with the Holy Spirit. And I know there's differences of opinion uh, about that. But I just, that's my belief, that's my understanding of Scripture, to be sure. And here's why. God's Word tells us that when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, John chapter 3, that we are born again by the Spirit of God. When we accept Christ, he, he ascended. He said, but I'm not leaving you alone. I'm sending another comforter, someone to live inside you, my spirit. When we accept Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live within us. Romans 8, 9 says, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they don't even belong to Christ. He gives us his Holy Spirit. Everyone who accepts Christ receives the Holy Spirit. But friend, the sad reality is that not every Christian allows the Holy Spirit to energize them, to empower them, to live in them, to direct them, to guide them, to fill them. And that's the something missing. As you're sitting here in uh, this auditorium, I would imagine that uh, uh, all of you, at least the vast majority of you, came in a car and the average car has a powerful engine okay you may not think it's powerful but it has somewhere probably between 150 and 200 horsepower now that is a lot of power but what is your car doing right now absolutely nothing you hope Why? With all that power under the hood, 175 horsepower, why isn't the car doing anything? Why is it sitting still? Why is it totally inactive? Because you turned it off. 
And friend, that can be the reality with regard to the Holy Spirit. That we just turn him off. We don't let him empower us. We don't let him guide us. We don't let him fill us. We don't let him bless us. We don't let him use us. Friend, you can be a Christian, but not be filled with the presence and the power of God's Holy Spirit in our life. You can have the Holy Spirit, but not be filled with the Holy Spirit. And there were many days in Zachariah's life, and this was one of those seasons, when he was not filled with the Holy Spirit. That was the something missing in his life. And friend, the reality is it's the something missing in many Christians' lives. And, and friend, I am not judging you. <laughs> there are many days when I don't do that, when I do not allow the fullness of the Holy Spirit to be the guiding direction and, and person in my life because it's so easy to avoid it. So easy to forget. Christian, let's not live with the something missing. Let's not live without being filled daily with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ alive in us. He, he rose from the dead. He is alive, and he, his plan is for him to be alive in you. That's why he ascended to heaven to prepare a place for you, but sent his Holy Spirit to live in you. He said, I won't leave you alone. I'm sending my Spirit to live in all of you. And that's the Holy Spirit. He's Jesus Christ living out the power and the purpose of Jesus in us. The Holy Spirit is of God it does God things. In us. Look back over your week. Was anything a God thing? Or was it just all you things? Me things. Many of my weeks are like that. I don't want that. The Holy Spirit does God things in us. He does God things for us. He does God things through us. The Holy Spirit is the breath of God. I love that. That's, that is literally the word for spirit, it's breath. It's the breath of God. God breathes in you. That's how he did that to create life in you. That's how you were born. He breathed the breath of life into you. And every day he wants to breathe his breath of life in you. And friend, if you don't breathe, you die. And if we don't breathe spiritually, we die spiritually. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said, is the spring of living water. Oh, I love to go to springs. That water just keeps flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing. What happens if the spring stops flowing? The, the river just dries up and dies. And friend, that can happen to us spiritually. If we don't have air to breathe and water to drink, we can't live. And if, if we don't have the Holy Spirit, we can't live the abundant Christian life that God created us for. The Bible tells us that there are three kinds of people. Number one, the person who doesn't have the Holy Spirit. But you see, this is the person who hasn't, hasn't accepted Christ, who hasn't been born again, because we're, 
born again by the Spirit of God. And 1 Corinthians tells us about this person. They don't have the Spirit of God. They don't accept the things, the truths of the Spirit of God. They, they, they seem foolish to them. They can't understand them. The person without the Holy Spirit, they haven't received Christ. The second kind of person is the Christian who has the Holy Spirit, but it's not being filled by the Holy Spirit. How do we know if we're being filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, there will be fruit. There will be evidence. There will be love. Love for God and others. There will be joy and excitement in living because we know who gave us life and what it's all about. It's for serving Jesus. There will be peace. Not the absence of conflict or the absence of trouble. That There will be peace because the Holy Spirit will give us a peace that passes understanding. There will be gentleness. We want to be gentle with people instead of, you know, uh, blasting them away. There will be goodness. We'll want to do the good things that God created us for. There will be faith. We will believe God that he wants to do things we can't do ourselves. There will be self-control. We'll be able to say no to the things that are bad for us, the things that grieve God's heart. That's the fruit of the Spirit. We know when we're filled. But see, it's, it's very possible that we live with that something missing. The third type of person that God's words talks about is the Christian who daily seeks to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, the command in Ephesians chapter 5 is be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, literally... The tense of the verb means be being filled. It's not a one-time thing. I mean, did you drink a drink of water one time and, and, and you never drink again? You know, that lasts you your whole life? No, you have to drink every day throughout the day. Be being filled. A spring is always flowing. If it stops flowing, it, it, it dries up. It's always flowing. And as it, over, as it flows, it over, as it uh, fills, it overflows. And you see, that's what the Holy Spirit does in our life. It fills us, but it overflows onto those around us as well. Be being filled. And so, friend, the question, I think the greatest question we could ask ourselves at the beginning of a new year. The greatest question uh, and issue that we could deal with today is this. Are we filled? Are we filled with God's Holy Spirit? Do we have the breath of God so that we live today? Or is, is the spring of living water in us filling us with the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you filled? Do you love Jesus today more than anything else? Now, it's amazing the conversations that sometimes Christians have. It's about the weather, it's about sports, it's about job, it's about the economy, it's about politics. Do we talk about Jesus? You know, if you're excited about something, if you really love someone, you want to talk about them. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you love Jesus? More than anything else. 
more than the things you have, more than the, the, the job that you have, more than the money that you make, more than your electronic devices that you spend so much time on, more than food, more than football. What Do you love Jesus? Are you filled? Do you have his power in your life? And, and friend, I just want to say, if, if, if we can't honestly say yes, and many of us can't, if we can't honestly say yes, then God's ready to fill us. <laughs> if we can't honestly say yes, God's not mad at you. God's ready to fill you. Because God wants his life in you. He loves you. And he wants you to love him. He has joy over you and he wants you to have joy in him. He wants you to have all that he has planned for you. So friend, don't leave today. Don't leave today with something missing. The Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ alive in you. Don't leave unfilled with the breath of God, with the spring of living water of Jesus Christ filling you to overflowing. Don't leave quenching the Holy Spirit because of a sin that you won't give up. Because just a lack of desire. Hey, I don't want to be one of those Jesus fanatics. You, you should want to be a Jesus fanatic. He's the greatest person that ever lived. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's all about eternity. Don't quench the Holy Spirit from filling you and blessing you and using you. Don't let the Holy Spirit be the something missing. Well, how can you be filled? Friend, God wants to fill you right now. Right now. Right now. And you can be. If, number one, if you truly want all that God has for you. If you truly want what God has for you, he wants to fill you. Number two, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit right now if you'll confess any sins that just, they're just stopping the flow of God's Spirit in your life. You're grieving the Holy Spirit. You're quenching the Holy Spirit. Confess those sins. And you know what? God will forgive you. He's not one to beat you up. He wants to love you. He wants to bless you. He's forgiven your sins. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, that was the forgiveness of all your sins, past, present, and future. But you see, if we persist in sin, then we're just blocking this flow of the Spirit in our life. And God wants to get rid of that because it will destroy you. Thank God that he's forgiven you. Live with the joy that you're forgiven of anything you've ever done that grieved God. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. Number three, give him every year of your life. Okay, God, I want to be filled. That means when I go to work tomorrow, I want others to see that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, when I go home this afternoon, I want my wife or husband, I want my children, grandchildren, I want them to see that I am filled with the Holy Spirit. 
that I'm not impatient, that I'm not cranky, that I don't have other lovers, that I, whatever it is. Lord, I want people to see that. I want to give every year of my life to the Lord God and his Holy Spirit. And number four, accept it. Accept that God is ready to fill you with his Holy Spirit right now. You see, 1 John chapter 5 says this. And we are confident that God hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Would this please him? Absolutely. And since we know that he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. If you ask to be filled and you truly desire, he will do it. Friend, don't leave today. Don't leave today with the something missing in so many of Christians' lives. Don't leave unfilled. That's the only way you'll know the joy and peace and love and fullness of the Holy Spirit in you. Don't leave quenching the Holy Spirit saying, I don't want that. That's, That's just a little too spiritual for me. Don't quench the Holy Spirit in your life. Don't leave until you're filled. Would you bow with me? Friend, do you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit today? Yes. Every one of us in this room need to be filled with the Holy Spirit today. Yesterday's filling's not enough. The filling we had many years ago or whenever, that was good for that day. Lord, we need to be filled with your Holy Spirit. We need to breathe spiritually. God, fill us with the breath of God. God, we need to drink the living water. God, fill us with that spring of living water right now. Fill us so that we overflowed and our family sees it and our neighbors see it and our coworkers see it and the world sees it. God, we need to be filled. And, and friend, while your head's bowed, your eyes are closed. Was there a day when you accepted Christ as your Savior? When you realized you can't get to heaven by being good enough? Because the heaven's a perfect place and you aren't perfect. And, and if you could be good enough to get to heaven by your good deeds, then God would have never let his son die a, a death like that on the cross. That was the only way. You need a Savior. You ever done that? If you haven't, God brought you here today so you would. Because he wants you in his heaven. And right now, pray a prayer like this. Dear Father, I know I need a Savior. I have sinned. I accept Jesus today as my Savior. And I want him to be my Lord. And I want to follow him in this life. Because I want to follow him through the gates of heaven. 
Now, many of you have done that. Most of you, I, I would imagine. But friend, the prayer for today. Oh God, fill me. Oh God, fill me. Oh God, fill me. Thank you, Father, that you've forgiven our sins through Christ's death on the cross. But please forgive us for not letting the Holy Spirit fill us. Friend, would you now invite Christ to come again and take his place on the throne of your life? Jesus is king. You're not. If you're on the throne, you're, you're in a, a usurper. <laughs> That's where Jesus belongs. Jesus, come on the throne of our life. Lord, fill me. Pray this prayer, friend. Pray, fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord, as you commanded me to be filled. As you promised in your word that you would do if I ask. Friend, would you pray that prayer now? Do you want to be filled? Do you want the something missing not to be missing anymore? For Jesus Christ to be on the throne, for his spirit to animate and energize and empower and guide and direct everything we do and everything we are. All for his glory. If you've done that, then thank him. Thank him for filling you with the Holy Spirit. And Father, help us to ask for your filling every day so we can do your will so we can have your love so we can tell others about you so that we will be ready when the Lord Jesus Christ returns Father thank you you will fill every one of us according to your promise <laughs> that you will do what we ask in your name and for your in your will and we thank you in Jesus name